Yes, sir. Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. Give us 600 seconds, and we'll give you the tools you need to improve your handicapping. It's great to have you in today, everybody. My name is Joe Fortenball. Here is what we've got in store for episode number 53. The point spreads are out. All 39 bowl games have point spreads. They're out. People are betting into them. The lines are moving. So we're going to visit with the vice president of risk management for CG Technology in Las Vegas, Jason Symbol. He's going to come on. He's going to give us an early action report as well as an inside look as to what the wise guys are betting. There have been some big, big bets already placed on some of these bowl games. We'll find out what those bets are. We will use that information to our advantage. We're going to follow that up with a Thursday night football pick, 9-4 and four against the spread on Thursdays over our last 13 Thursday bets. But I want to begin with a bit of a rant. Alabama absolutely deserved to be in the college football playoff over Ohio State. Buckeye fans, just stop. Just stop. You cannot have it both ways. Last year, you got in because of the same reason that kept you out this season, right? Penn State last year had two losses, and Penn State couldn't get into the college football playoff despite winning the Big Ten. Why? Because they lost to Pittsburgh and because they got blown out by Michigan. That's what everybody said. Blowout by Michigan was just too much to overcome. Fine. Penn State fans had to deal with it. Penn State went to the Rose Bowl, played a hell of a game against USC. Guess what? You get USC this year. You got rocked on your home turf by Oklahoma. If you don't remember, Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy this weekend, took the Oklahoma flag and planted it at your midfield. You came back a few weeks later and got destroyed by Iowa in Iowa. So... I get the fact that you're upset. I get that this Bama team is not as good and not as accomplished as Bama teams in the past, but they've got one loss on the road against a quality Auburn team, and it was relatively close. You got destroyed by Iowa and destroyed by Oklahoma. You do not deserve spot number four. And for everyone else trying to make the case about USC and all this garbage, just stop it. At the beginning of the season, when Bama played Florida State, that was one versus three. That was a huge matchup. Bama scheduled that game after Florida State had gone 13-0 and won the national championship. That is a big-time scheduling spot. Bama injured DeAndre Francois, the starting quarterback at Florida State. They busted that team up so bad they fell apart. They get credit for that. Just because they scheduled Mercer at the end of the year does not discount everything else they've done. Everybody schedules at least one patsy. The beauty of Nick Saban is that he's smart with his scheduling. He always schedules a big-time opponent in week one for the credibility. But have you ever noticed where those games are played? They're not road games. They're played at neutral sites where Alabama fans travel. He makes them home games. So he does that, and then he always schedules a bye the week before LSU, which is his biggest rival, and he always schedules a patsy the week before Auburn, which is the final game of the year. Give him credit for being smarter than everyone else. So Ohio State fans, I feel your pain, but shut up. Best of luck to you against USC, and accept your fate. You're not going to catch a break every single year. You didn't deserve it this year, and that is that. Rogue damn Tad! He's the vice president of risk management at CG Technology in Las Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at JSymbol. Jason Symbol joining us here on the Sharp 600. Jason, as always, we greatly appreciate your time. As we jump into today's conversation, let's begin with the four-team playoff. Do you think the committee got it right going with Alabama over Ohio State? 
Well, first of all, from our Vegas perspective, I actually like the fact that they did it this way because it gives us the Bama-Clemson matchup, which is probably the most intriguing matchup that you can have considering what we've seen from those two teams the last two years. And then it gives us Ohio State-USC, which, given our proximity to Los Angeles, is a really big matchup. So from that aspect, we like it. And Alabama was our number one power-ranked team, so obviously including them in the playoff we think was the right thing. A lot of people are clamoring for an 18 playoff. They feel that that would solve all the issues. What do you think about that? Do you think an 18 playoff would be the optimal experience for college football fans? I do think that it could work, and a lot of people have arguments saying, well, you don't want these kids to play too many games because of concussion issues, and then I would argue just make an 11-game regular season. We don't, every one of these teams plays a, known, a no-name nonsense you know, non-conference game anyway. The SEC plays, you know, these games week 10 or week, you know, week 8, you know, so we can get rid of that, make every team play 11 games, and then the championship team will only end up playing one more game than they currently do now. Um, I do think it can work. You have five conference champions. Maybe a sixth spot would go to a, uh, you know, the, the non-Power 5 best team like a Central Florida, and then some at-larges. I do think that that format would be pretty fun. Okay, semifinal number one, it's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Clemson Tigers. Where did you guys open this game at, and what is the early action telling you? Well, we actually opened this game at Alabama minus one, and it's been moved up to Alabama minus two. And that actually has been a little bit of sharp action on the Crimson Tide. So early on, Alabama getting, uh, getting the love so far. Okay, semifinal number two, the Rose Bowl. It's going to be Georgia and Oklahoma. How did this game open, and what early action are you seeing here? This is another one that opened in the, in, a, in the same aspect, Oklahoma minus one and a half. It actually was Oklahoma minus one, and now it's down to a pick. So clearly the action early on Georgia. Um, this has been mostly fans betting Oklahoma and some of the sharper bets uh, on Georgia. What are you seeing in the Fiesta Bowl with Penn State and Washington? I love this matchup personally. As a Penn State graduate, Washington was in the 14 playoff last year. Any early action to report? Nothing too much on this game. The number's been three the entire time. Um, so far, the early action is on Washington. Um, we actually did have to move to two and a half, so started three, down to two and a half. Early action on Washington, but there is quite a considerable drop-off in betting action from the two semifinal games to the rest of the game. Many would agree when it comes to the Cotton Bowl that this is probably the best non-playoff game on the slate. It's USC and the Ohio State Buckeyes. What are you seeing here? Yeah, this is a, a very fun game, especially considering the, uh, the, the matchup. Uh, Ohio State minus 6.5 was the number. We actually took a pretty sharp bet on Ohio State minus 6.5, so now uh, at our books you have to lay 6.5 minus 15 if you like the Buckeyes. The Orange Bowl features Miami and Wisconsin. Both teams suffered devastating losses to end their season and officially knocked them out of the playoff. Is there any chance of a hangover effect here? Is anyone really excited about either side in this game? Yeah, this is a weird game because you're right. Both these teams kind of in letdown spots, and Miami's just got been so terrible their last few games. It's a tricky one on what to do. I actually personally thought that this number was going to open up a little bit higher. I was thinking Wisconsin was going to be uh, a favored by north of a touchdown. Open six and a half, and so far, uh, small bets on Wisconsin, but nothing that would require a line change. So this did seem to be a line that was spot on. You know, it's only been a handful of days since all these games were announced, but have you guys taken any really sizable wagers at CG Technology? There's been a few. Uh, nothing nothing 
you know, crazy, nothing above five figures, but in terms of like some eight, nine thousand dollar bets, a couple on Alabama um, that we've taken so far, and also a couple on Georgia. Remember, you know, there's usually a pretty big flurry of action right as these lines come out, and then by now it kind of settles down until we get closer to kickoff. So far, what are the biggest moves you guys have seen in terms of point spreads or totals? Well, the absolute biggest is. Uh, the Florida Atlantic game, um, they actually, uh, that's at the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, they're playing Akron. That number opened at 17. It's all the way up to 22. So that's a huge move, obviously, of, of that many points. And that's, that's all sharp action there that's driving that. Uh, the only other game that kind of stands out in terms of a, a game that is somewhat good is, um, you know, kind of near and dear here in Vegas, the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, Oregon opened a six-and-a-half-point favorite. We actually took a sharp bet on Oregon, minus six-and-a-half, moved it to seven, and then the, they bet it again at seven, so we had to move it to seven minus 20. So Oregon and Florida Atlantic so far getting some action. It's that Lane Kiffin love, baby. He covers like crazy. And he there certainly is aware of what the number is, that's for sure. <laughs> um, outside of what you've already mentioned, are there any other off-the-radar games that might be drawing some unique attention? Uh, one, uh, yeah, there's actually two that stand out. One is um, Missouri against Texas. That's the Academy Sports Outdoors Texas Bowl. Yes, that's what it's called. Uh, Missouri, <laughs> Texas. So Missouri, as we know, has been red hot. They've won five games uh, to end the season, and they scored over 40 points in each of those games. But the opponents of those games haven't exactly been top-notch. You know, they were playing kind of the bottom of the SEC teams. And, and Texas, while they're power rated a little bit higher, you know, for an entire uh, season, Missouri has just been so hot that, you know, we actually, some, some of our folks here made the game Texas minus three, others made it Missouri minus one, and so far it's actually uh, opened Missouri one and a half all the way up to two and a half, so that game certainly is standing out as an interesting matchup. Before we let you go, any personal bets from your end, anything you see that you particularly like so far? Well, there was one game that kind of stood out to me a little bit. Um, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Virginia Tech against Oklahoma State. So I feel like, you know, I normally would say the dog is the right side there, but I feel like, you know, Oklahoma State with, you know, there was questions of maybe Gundy would leave. He's not. This is Mason Rudolph's send-off. I really think that with all the time to prepare, they're going to, you know, try to have Mason Rudolph just put up a ridiculous statistical game, and I think I would lay the number with that one. Follow him on Twitter at Jay Symbol, Vice President of Risk Management at CG Technology in Las Vegas. Jason Symbol joining us here on the Sharp 600. Dude, unbelievably polished. Job well done. Thanks so much, man. Happy holidays. Yes, thanks, man. You too. You're going to be up 500 by midnight. Took it on the chin last Thursday night by backing the Washington Redskins over the Dallas Cowboys, who absolutely rolled Kirk Cousins and company. That puts us at 9-4 against the spread over our last 13 Thursday night games. Here we go. All right, this week it's the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. This game opened Atlanta minus two with a total of 55. It has since been bet down to New Orleans minus one and a half with a total of 51 and a half. So the early money is all over the Saints and all over the under, and for good reason. Saints are 13 and three against the spread over their last 16 road games. They're also eight and two against the number over the last 10 games overall. I don't believe in the hype with the Atlanta Falcons, not for one bit. That three-game winning streak was a mirage. They won at home against an average Dallas Cowboys team. They did get a quality win in Seattle against the Seahawks, and then they won at home against a terrible, terrible Tampa Bay team. 
Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator, was thoroughly outcoached by Mike Zimmer last week when the Vikings came to town to beat the Falcons. And I think the same thing happens again to a Falcons team that has already lost at home this season to Minnesota, Miami, and Buffalo. Not exactly the who's who of NFL juggernauts, Minnesota Vikings notwithstanding. So this week, don't love it, but I will play it. New Orleans minus one and a half over Atlanta. Boys and girls, that's a wrap for this week's installment of the College Football Podcast. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We greatly appreciate it. The NFL pod will be coming up later in the week, but if you get an opportunity, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It would mean the world to us. But for now, be well and best of luck.